Good morning, St. Clair. If you don't know me, my name is Michelle Wood. Um, I am on staff here as pastor of missional families. So shameless self-plug, if you are not in a missional family, um, come and talk to me. I would love to have a conversation with you. Um, this morning, we are going to be diving into 1 John chapter 4. As a church community, we have been in this book. We've been studying it. And I would encourage you, if you have not taken some time to read it, to meditate on it, to look through the words that are really relevant to our cultural moment that we find ourselves in, I would encourage you to do that. Um, it is so, so good, the words on those pages. Today is Joy read um, the words of 1 John. I'm excited to share with you what God has been speaking to me through these verses. Love. I want you to take a minute and think about what that means to you. Just hearing that word brings up so many different things for different people. You know, you have these song lyrics that are running through your mind or those cheesy romantic movies, especially the Christmas ones that are on right now. Sometimes we might think of grief or pain or loss. Our ideas of love, they change, especially as we grow and mature. When we are children, love, it seemed so easy. It was pure. It was innocent. I love my puppy. I love ice cream. I love swinging on the swings. And as we grew, uh, this love, it came more about feelings, you know, that crush we had, the things that we enjoyed doing. As we marry and start having children, that love, it changes again. My sister lived with us for a few years, and she always commented on how much she learned about marriage from her time living with us. She had walked through that journey from the beginning of us meeting and developing all those feelings, you know, that first love. Um, she saw us become engaged and develop our, feeling, our feelings into a love that was so much greater. She saw the time that was put into a relationship and it became so much more than just those butterflies you feel at the beginning. In becoming parents and having three kids, I am in awe of how my heart, it could grow and love as each new blessing arrived. I laugh at the way that my kids think about love as they love their favorite stuffy or love our dog Prince. I am still a little bit sad about how crushed Amelia was when I told her she couldn't marry her daddy. But all of these feelings are still within that context of this worldly love that we learn and experience. 1 John 4 verse 16 says this, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. God is love. I want you to take a moment to think about what that means to you. For some of us, hearing about God's love, it's good. We associate it with good things, with happy memories, with good experiences. And for others, it might bring up a broken heart, or in my case, a broken home. The longer I am on this faith journey, the more I understand how we view God has so much to do with how we view our earthly parents, our families of origin, 
the experiences that we've gone through. I know for me, so much of how I understand God's love came from my own story, the things that I saw, the things that I felt. My birth mom, she left at a young age, and God not only became my heavenly mother, my heavenly father, but my mother as well. Some of us, we think of God as that person that we will only disappoint or the one who will punish us for the things that we do wrong. But unlike all of these experiences, unlike the love we have experienced in our earthly relationships, God's very nature is love. You cannot separate love from God. They are one. Love is the defining characteristic of who God is. And over and over in the book of John, we see that he uses this Greek word, agape, for love. Agape, at its simple um, definition, is this term referring to unconditional love. It is the highest form of love. It is the love of God for man and of man for God. Within Christianity, as we think about this word agape, it is considered to be the love originating from God for all of humankind. It is this love, this agape love, that you can see God's plan of redemption. It is who he is. It is what he is doing amongst us right now. And it is what he will continue to do. Love has been his plan from the beginning. Everything that he does is in love. It is who he is. There is no separating love from God. It is his very character. As we continue reading in verse 18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. One version, it says that fear has punishment. Its root word means to limit or restrain. As we read in John, this means that fear has limitations, that fear will imprison us. Love, it might be in you because the life of God is there, but that love, it must express itself. It has to be manifested outwardly with deed and with action. Otherwise, that love will be hidden within. As love is perfected in you, it casts out that fear. That fear that will imprison us, that will stop us from fully embracing the life that God has for us. And all of these things that bind us, that hold us back, that fear that is in us, Maybe it's those dark things that are hidden in our hearts. They will be cast out as we choose to live out that love God has for us. As that love is perfected in our lives. As we allow the Holy Spirit to transform those hidden areas of our hearts. In the book of 1 John, over and over, we see that Jesus is light. In him, there can be no darkness. And so, there can be no fear in love. God, he cannot lie. He cannot go against his character. 
And as we experience God's love, as that love is perfected in us, we will become conscious of that love in our daily lives. Maybe for some of us today, we need to take a deep look at our own hearts. We have to see the things that we have hidden there. Is there fear that is holding you back from truly experiencing the love that God has for you? I encourage you today to look at those things, to accept the invitation to allow God's love to come in and transform, to allow his perfect love to cast out that fear. I love how the message words the next verse. We, though, are going to love. Love and be loved. First, we were loved. Now we love. God, he loved us first. And this love, it isn't a selfish love. It's sacrificial. It is unconditional. It's this love that says, I don't care who you are or what you have done. God, he has loved us in our most pitiful state. We did not do a single thing to earn that love. He loves us because that is who he is. God is trustworthy. And we must go from knowing it in our heads to believing in our hearts that no matter what our experience has been, that God loves us because that is who he says he is. Because God has loved us like that, we can and we must love others. We share that love first to our families. We share it to our neighbors, to our friends. We share that love to the person who doesn't look like us, to those society find hard to love. We can love because he first loved us. In Luke chapter 6, verse 32, it says this, If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. Even this worldly love that we have, it allows us to love people who love us. It comes easy to us. It's this transaction of you love me, so I will love you. But it takes that love from God to move us into that next step. If we continue in that passage at verse 35, it says, love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to get anything back. We love those around us, not for what they can do or what they can give us, but because the love of God lives within us. When we start living like that, we live a different way. God shows us what love truly is. God's love, it was revealed to us through his son. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. That, that is love. He loved us so much, he gave us the greatest sacrifice he could. He gave everything. He gave it all to show us the love he has for us. Will we receive that love today? That is the invitation that God for, has for us. That is, we love God, we love others, because he first loved us. 
as we continue reading the passage in 1 John, the last two verses, it show us the natural progression of love. It shows us what we can grow into, where we can go. God loves us. We, in turn, love God. And then we love those around us. As we live in love, it flows out of us. It spills into our families. It begins to change our neighborhood and our city and our world. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8, it says, Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. We see that mission, it becomes not what we do, but who we are. We share the news of Jesus with our entire lives. Love, it cannot stop with us. We cannot receive this and not share it. Our love becomes action behind the words of the gospel. It's easy to love those who love us. It's easy to sometimes, sometimes to love our family to love our friends, the people who share our opinions, our lifestyle, and our viewpoints. But Jesus, he continually invites us to take that next step, to love our enemies, to love those who don't love us back, to love the most unlovable, the most vulnerable, because that is where true love speaks. As we begin to love each other as image bearers of God, as sons, as daughters of the Most High King, that is how you truly begin to live a life of love. You can love because you have been loved. God, he doesn't need your love. He wants it. He doesn't need it. But your sister, your brother, your neighbor, the person on the street, the people around you, they need the love of God. If we have the life of God in us, we must show the love of God. Jackie Pullinger, she was a missionary in Hong Kong, and she worked primarily with drug addicts and prostitutes and those on the margins. And she said this, I went up to a man and said, Jesus loves you. But I realized it didn't mean anything unless I did. Just let that sink in for a minute. We have no choice but to show God's love to those around us. The gospel, it won't mean anything until we show people the love of God that is in us. That is, we carry that love and put action to it. I'm going to talk, um, turn to Mark chapter 12. 
And it's talking about the greatest commandment. In verse 28, it says this. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked them, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel. Hear today, St. Clair. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Love God. Love your neighbor as yourself. The message says this of 1 John 4, 21. The command we have from Christ is blunt. Loving God includes loving people. You've got to love both. I have read and reread this passage, as well as many others written by John. And I am struck by this command. There's no way around it. It is simple. We must love God and love others. We must be compelled to do it. We can love because God first loved us. This is something I've been thinking a lot about in the last few months as I have come on staff in my role with missional families. As disciples of Jesus, we must live as Jesus lived. We must learn together to love God, to love each other, and to love our neighbors. We must do the things that Jesus did in the way he did them. Because Jesus is our ultimate example of how to live. And as disciples, we must become more like him. This week, I was able to talk to Matt Pamplin a little about what I was preaching about today. And if you know Matt, you know he always has a great quote. And I think that this one by Barbara Brown Taylor, it sums up everything that we are talking about today. Take a moment and let these words sink in. In every circumstance, regardless of the outcome, The main thing Jesus has asked me to do is to love God and my neighbor as religiously as I love myself. The minute I have that handled, I will ask for my next assignment. For now, my hands are full. The command is simple. The command is blunt. As Barbara said in that quote, the minute that we get that handled, we can ask for that next assignment. But I'm not sure we will ever get another. Jesus is asking us to live in love. He's asking us to let go of the things that imprison us so we can fully accept the love that he has for us. He's asking us to love others as we ourselves have been so lavishly loved. And today, I think hearing some of these things 
we can kind of feel guilty or kind of feel shame about maybe the ways that we could have done it and we haven't. But today, I want to encourage you that learning to live in this way, it takes time. All of us, we are all on a journey. We are all learning to live in the way of love. We are learning to let go of those things that imprison us so that we can truly love others in the way that God has intended. And I just want to share with you a couple of ways that, that I have tried to love my neighbor, that I've tried to love the people around me. And I think, first of all, you just need to start. It is a practice. It is one that, honestly, it doesn't come easy to me but it is one that I have learned to grow in. And I'm so thankful for the people around me that have modeled this and show me that there is another way to live. Um, my husband, Ryan, he has always been a great example of how to love those around me. He always takes time to show dignity and friendship to those who need it most. I remember while we were dating, he would um, just always find ways to meet the needs of others. Even as a poor college student, he didn't have the means to himself. He would take time out of his busy life to spend time with people around him. I've learned in my own life that stepping out of my comfort zone, it takes a lot of practice. But the more you do it, the easier it gets that loving those around you, especially those who might need extra care, might need attention. It isn't something that some of us are called to, but as disciples, we are commanded to truly love our neighbors. Secondly, in my life, I've noticed to truly love my neighbor, I have to be willing to be interrupted. That loving those around us, it takes time. It takes patience, and it takes more than just one interaction to build trust and to have a relationship. It takes sometimes my schedule or my plans being changed or messed up for the sake of others. And sometimes it means giving extra without receiving anything in return. And as we learn to live within those healthy boundaries and learn to truly love as Jesus did, that we learn once again that living the gospel message, it takes more than just words. It takes more than just saying, Jesus loves you. But it takes action as well. I have learned to be present in the places that I find myself. And I look to Jesus as the perfect example of this. Jesus, he met people where they were at, wherever he was. Sometimes that was walking down a road. Sometimes that was visiting in someone's home, which we can't really do, but we become creative in this time. And for Jesus, even sitting at a well, he met people where they were at. And for me in my life, that means saying hi to my neighbors. It means learning their name. It means listening to that same story over and over and over because the older gentleman beside me just wants someone to talk to. For me, it means getting to know that kid at the park. 
It means being invested in the lives of the people around me. And it might mean saying yes to things like joining my school parent council or being involved in the things in my neighborhood. It's being present so then I can meet people where they are to take time to truly love them or help them meet a need. And finally, and probably most importantly, we need the Holy Spirit. We cannot love one another on our own. We need to surrender our fears and the things holding us back so that God's love can be perfected in us. We need the Holy Spirit to direct us to those people that are just waiting and longing for community, for a friend, for someone just to say hi. I know that sometimes it's hard to step out and it's hard to truly learn to love, to truly put action behind the gospel. But I encourage you that as you begin to do it, God's love will pour in and it will spill out. You will see people's lives being changed. And so today, wherever you are, I just want to take a moment to pray for you. Maybe that means having a posture of receiving, opening your hands. Maybe that means putting aside those experiences, putting aside your thoughts and your ideas of who you think God is, because today God loves you, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done. God's love has no bounds. And so today, let's take a moment and let me pray for you. God, I thank you for each person within our St. Clair community and for those who find themselves listening to this today. God, I thank you that you first loved us, that that love originated from you, that that love is not dependent on who we are or what we've done, but God, that you love us unconditionally. And so God, if, if we could be honest before you, God, I pray that we would come to accept that love once again. God, that there would be a new revelation of the love that you have for us. And God, for those of us that, that are holding on to those things, that we're holding on to the experience, we're holding on to the lie of who we think you are. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and that you would um, allow us to see those things. That today you would allow your love to be perfected in us. That that love would cast out all fear. And God, today as we are all on a journey of learning to love you and learning to love our neighbor, 
I pray, God, that that you would show us ways in which we can stand up out of our comfort zone and we can truly love people in the way that you have called us to love. And God, as we begin to encourage one another, would you continually give us creative ways to do that? God, would you give us people in our lives who will hold us accountable and ask us how it is going with loving and learning to love. God, I thank you um, for this church community and the ways that we as a community have learned to love our neighbor. And God, I pray that you would continue to show us creative ways on how to continue to do that. God, today we thank you for your love. And we pray, God, that as we journey in this, that you would bring Um, people that will come alongside of us and model it for us and show us the way. Jesus, we look to you as our ultimate teacher, and we ask that you would come and that you would transform our hearts. And we ask this in your name. Amen.